and they, parents, were bringing children to, to uh, Jesus that he might touch them. And the, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as uh, many of you know, because this is what you're here for, uh, today is the day where we baptize Stella Elizabeth Cheslikowski. Now, the exciting thing for Elizabeth, besides her baptism, I'll get into to that in a minute, is that she has born, been born in an exciting age for women, Right. Past injustices are finally being dealt with, economic in, in, injustices, professional injustices, social in, injustices. All of these are finally being righted. And there are more female leaders in, in, in politics and in science and the military and business. More, more fe female leaders at any point in our world's history. And if I was to sum it all up, Elizabeth is being born and brought up in the Beyonce age. That's right. Especially knowing her mother, you know, she will be Sasha Fierce. This, I have no doubt about it. A lot of doors are unlocked. And more than ever, women can accomplish as much as they work hard for. So what does this Beyonce age mean for her baptism. What does this mean when this door that's wide open to high achievement, what does this mean for Elizabeth and her life with our Savior Jesus Christ? Well, our reading tells us something that for centuries has been incredibly countercultural, and it's this that for all the things that Elizabeth can achieve, the one thing that she cannot strive and earn is her salvation. And, and to see how our reading shows us that, we need to know that our reading is placed in a string of stories, a string of um, historical and, and, uh, uh, and uh, factual things that actually happened. And what Mark did is he took all these different stories and he aligned them because he wants us to answer the question, how does one get into the kingdom of heaven? Because you see, what that means is not just salvation after death. What that means is living underneath God's rule right now. That means living under his peace, his joy, his contentment and hope and all the things that God's rule can give us right now. And this uh, story of Jesus and these small children is sandwiched in between two other um, stories which seek to answer this uh, question. But they answer it in the negative. Both stories tell of people who seek to enter God's kingdom just by keeping the rules. 
And for time's sake, I'm, I'm only going to juxtapose our reading with, with the just one, the, the one that comes right after our story. And in this story, I didn't read it for, for the sake of time, but in this story, what we have is a rich young ruler. And he goes to uh, Jesus Christ because he sees him as a great um, um, Jewish rabbi. And he asks him this. He says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Because you see, his whole life has been keeping the Ten Commandments. And his whole life, he thought that this was enough to please God. But then Jesus challenged him. Though we didn't uh, read it, it's in, it's in verse uh, 21. Jesus says, and well, well, the young man says, Teacher, all these I've kept from my youth, all the Ten Commandments. And then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Now, what Jesus is not saying is that this is one more way to earn our salvation. If we just simply sell everything and become poor, then, then we'll be saved. No. What he's getting at, what he's pointing out is this young man's heart motivation. You see, it is a good thing to keep the Ten Commandments, right? It's, it's a good thing. But what, what really matters is why we do it. And this young man, like me, was keeping them not really to show his love for God and love for his neighbor. But he was really using these things to earn his way into God's favor. To earn his way into God's kingdom. Now, when we take that and we juxtapose it to uh, today's reading, we see an incredibly stark difference. Because in this, we see three key things that we must understand to see how one can truly enter God's kingdom. Three things we have to focus on above all else. One is focusing on Jesus. Two is focusing on receiving. And three is focusing on blessing. So what we have here is the total opposite of what the rich young man's strategy was for entering God's kingdom. Because you see, he's treating God in a distant, contractual manner. Relationship doesn't matter. Keeping the rules is, is what matters. But listen to what happens in this story. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Don't focus on the rules. Focus on me. The way you come into my kingdom is by coming to know and love me. Coming to trust me. Because you see, what's so fascinating about what this rich young ruler does, and it's something that we all do, I certainly do it, is that focusing on the rules as opposed to bringing us closer to, to God, if we're honest, I think is actually a way that we distance ourselves from him. Follow me on this. If, have you ever had this mentality of, if I just do what God asks of me, then he'll leave me alone. Then he'll just give me what I want. 
I'll give him what he wants, he gives me what I want, and then that's it. And so the more that I just keep the rules, the more he won't meddle in my everyday life. I hate to say it, but think, think about a marriage relationship, right? The, thing, the funny thing about a marriage is that it's both a, an emotional and a legal relationship. There are legal responsibilities, but, but, but a real marriage is just simply you do your part and I'll do my part. We're partners. We're, we're members of a contract here. If you were just to simply do the things that a husband or wife does, provide for the greater good of, of the family, house each other, feed each other, all these things. But there was no heart. Everybody's keeping score. Well, I did this, so you do that. I took out the trash, so you wash the dishes. Those are small examples, but we can see how quickly we can turn. Well, I'm doing my part just by keeping the rules as a way to keep someone out of our lives. My great prayer for Elizabeth is that she will not know a day where she doesn't know the love of Jesus Christ for her. My prayer for Elizabeth is that she would not seek to keep the rules first in order to know Jesus, but that she would know Jesus and in knowing and him and his love, that she would just keep the rules without even trying. Not because it saves her, but because that's a natural outflowing of the human heart of love. So the first thing that we need to focus on about coming into the kingdom of God is that we come to Jesus. But the second thing that we need to focus on is receiving. You see, the rich young ruler strategy also failed because in keeping the, the rules, he tries to not just keep God at, at a distance. He tries to control him. He was thinking this. If I do these things, if I keep all these rules, then God has to, re to reward me. He has to hold up his end of the bargain. He has to save me. I'm in control. But what Jesus points out here in this one little word, receive, is that membership in the kingdom of God is never something we can earn. Once again, verse 15, what does Jesus say? But whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Well, what do we receive? Well, we receive gifts. We receive love. We receive things that, frankly, if we're honest, we did nothing to earn. And if we're really honest, most of the time we do a lot of things that actually cause us to not de deserve it at all. But what Jesus is pointing out here as Mark juxtaposes these two, two things is these children run up to Christ. These parents come and bring their infants and their children and place them at his feet, knowing that they don't deserve to be there. You see, what is marked out here in the starkest lines is there's plenty of trust in both stories. There's plenty of trust. But with the rich young ruler, the trust is in himself. His ability 
to keep the rules. His ability to, to earn his way into God's kingdom. But with Jesus and, and the children, they know that they can't do it. They know that they're weak. They know that even at their best moments, they're flawed. So they run to Jesus and simply receive his love as the most unbelievable gift in the world. And that takes us to the third point. Not knowing we focused on Jesus to get into the kingdom of heaven, knowing we focus on receiving and not earning. But finally, we focus on blessing. What's the end goal of all of this, right? What's the end goal? What's, what's the result? Well, the result of this is Jesus took these children and he held them in his arms and he blessed them. God himself whispers over them God's love and acceptance. And as we walk through the New Testament and as the church walks through what this blessing becomes to, to comes to look like is salvation itself. And once again, a blessing is not something that you can earn. It's something which is given to you solely, solely because the giver wants you to know their love and their forgiveness and their healing. This is an old example that I've used, but I think it really encapsulates what's happening here and what our great prayer for Elizabeth is. Is that all of us, I think, certainly me, if we're honest, are more like the rich young ruler than we are the, the trusting children. How many of us have been on an airplane? And if you're like me and, and you fly, one of the first things that I do is I pull out the safety card, right? We all know the safety card. And I'm reading it. I'm listening to the instructions. I'm looking for all of my exits. I'm making sure that my um, life jacket's down there. I'm going through all the checklists. I've memorized by the time we leave the ground exactly how many old women I can knock out of the way before I get out of the airplane. But what if Instead of a safety card, there was a little book. And in that little book are three stories. Three stories of this amazing superhero who you've never met. And the plane was uh, going down and the superhero would, would come and rescue you. If all you did was just sit there. If you just waited on him to show up. Once you begin to try to save yourself or, or try to take matters into your own hands, nope. Now you're your own savior. But if you just sit there and trust that he will show up because he's promised to come, then you'll receive the blessing of rescue. And instead of the flight attendant getting up there and telling you all the different steps of putting on your air mask, Someone stood up and said, listen, this sounds unbelievable, but, but let me tell you my own story. I experienced this. And then they tell the same story that you just read about. Well, if we're honest, which one do we really want? The answer is obvious. 
We want the safety card, right? We want to put our salvation in our own hands. And if we just simply, if you just simply give us the right help, you give us the right steps, I can get myself out of this mess. But the worst thing I can do is sit and fidget and trust that he's going to really show up. But that's what Jesus is calling us to. That's what Jesus is calling us to. And today, as we, uh, I, I want to end with this. This begs the question, why? What's the whole point of this? Well, as we walk through our baptism service, like I prayed at, at the beginning, we are literally rehearsing the Christian message, the Christian story that we were lost, but God has now found us. We were born orphans, but God has now adopted us into his family. We were born sinners in need of condemnation, de deserving it. But yet God out of his mercy cleanses us. We were alive or we were dead, but now we are alive. Makes us new. And how do we achieve such a great thing? Not by striving, but by receiving. Not by keeping the rules, but by seeing Jesus. And when we do those things, which he even gives us the power to do, believe it or not, we receive the blessing of being in his kingdom and being his children. And what's true for Elizabeth is true for all of you, all of us here. If you feel distant, if anything that I've talked about of trying to strive or keep God at a distance or trying to strive to enter his kingdom and you just want relief, Jesus Christ says to you, not just Elizabeth, but to all of you, come to me. Put all your burdens, all your fears down and let me hold you and bless you and welcome you into this kingdom of mine because you are my beloved. And this is good news for us sinners indeed. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>